Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. That time of the week again, the Rugby League rant, fifth and last. Put on your headgear, chuck in your mouth guard and get ready for an hour of nothing but NRL talk. Round six is in the books, and the surprises just keep coming. Uh, a form line is getting a bit easier to start to draw now, but Brock, what the hell is going on? I don't know. Our, uh, three of our bottom four sides are on top of the table. Mm. That's what's going on. The Titans, they fluked another win. Uh, 65 minutes, they were the worst team, and they just pulled it out of the bag at the end. So uh, the surprises keep rolling on, that's mm. for sure. But uh, it was a good round. We're a quarter of the way through the regular season, so... Uh, 24 games, obviously, so we're six through. So uh, those sides that have made a slow start, they better get a wriggle on. Mm, especially with Origin coming up, we start the same way we always do with our highlight, low light, best player, worst player, and any questions we want to pose coming out of the weekend. Uh, my highlight, I think it's pretty obvious, even though there's just been an official announcement that it shouldn't have been a try, uh, the Storm Hail Mary. Big it was fan. tops. It was tops. It was a great finish to the game. Uh, I got on <laughs> Melbourne live betting last night. $5.50 with about 14 minutes to go and oh, I couldn't have been happier when uh, they crossed even mm. though I thought Ryan Hoffman tried his best to Stuff ruin it. Up. Yeah, he threw it Jesus. Uh, but the play I think it was Sissa Wanger threw the big long pass. Good pass. It was a cracker pass and uh, I don't care you know, obviously if you the only fans out there they are going to be blowing up about that finish are the Dragons fans and oh, that's I bad luck. Like, I, I mean, think you're wrong. I think all 15 teams fans are going to be blowing up because uh, everybody hates it. No, Morgan, I just, but... you like seeing a finish like that. It was, it was tops. Well, Grandstand finish and especially Monday night games have stunk. Yeah, they've, they've been, been really bad. So it's uh, to good put, to see a Monday night game go down the wire. To put it into perspective though and Todd Greenberg, Tony Archer's referee's boss have come out and said it technically it was a no try, but we're talking they had to go frame by frame and it was virtually simultaneous with the play of the ball and it's supposed to be in a backwards motion. So in real time, and Todd Greenberg and Archer said the same thing, you've got to appreciate from a referee's point of view, you can't make a call. So What yeah. Why can't we go to uh, rugby union? It's not the game's not over until the ball goes out or the ball's killed. Well, there's a knock That's half our problem, though. We're getting, too, we're getting too close to rugby. Yeah, true. They took the shoulder charge away. True. Oh, but for that one, I and think... Just like, quite, technically, we'll we'll mean, technically, as in what? Technically, when they freeze-frame it the day after, like that's not going to get the Dragons their two points back. No. So move on. Yeah, the referee's allowed it to go play on. I mean, there was a, there was a case uh, the other week when uh, Manly... It was last weekend. Manly played... Uh, the Tigers at Leichhardt, oh, that, and they, that, well, they let that try. <laughs> yeah, but I mean... That one was a case of hearing. He said he didn't hear the siren. But it's the same thing. Yeah. Try after the siren. So get over it. Mm. Big deal. Defend the play. How about that? Well, in general, we'll, we'll get onto the refs in a minute, but that's my highlight. So. Oh, you'll get onto the refs. Yeah, I will. <laughs> I've, uh, I've knifed them enough in the last few weeks, but uh, my highlight, the Parramatta upset. Uh, obviously, it was a 
big shock. And again, I love my live betting. I love getting on live betting. $3.50 they were throwing up at halftime on Parramatta. And I think they actually led at halftime, did they? Or they were down by two. It's a close game. Mm. Uh, but I thought, oh, I'll have a bit of cabbage on Parramatta and make things interesting. And we were at MG's place and we're all gathered around the TV. Um, makes that game a little bit more, gets my heart rate going a little bit more higher, you know. Mm. So, uh, a couple of nice wins on live betting this weekend, but no doubt I'll reinvest it all this weekend and lose it. So, mm. Well, I lost. Uh, again, obviously Monday night's game as well, for similar reasons. Just I love grandstand finishes. I thought Parramatta, the way they defended at the end of that game was, was awesome. They've got some real steel back in their side and they're exciting to watch. Mm. That's definitely my low light, uh, the refs. And I'll, you know, we, we pretty much do this every week, but... Uh, there was plenty but why? Of, what is it, mate? mate? What's frustrating you? Penalties, consistency, just about everything. The pairings, Ben Cummins, Matt Chechen, uh, the Manly game, there was some forward passes on the run yeah. that were called forward that weren't. And I was just like, are you kidding? Like, there's forward momentum. It's going backwards out of the hands. Like, you, you need need to be able to establish these kind of things. And last night, I thought the, the penalties for the Dragons and, and the Storm were both very inconsistent. I thought Proctor scored off a flat pass, which they called forward. Mm. Uh, they called it, uh, you know, they tried to Dugan. He was clearly offside. There's just multiple things, and they're going up to the video ref and saying, oh, we don't have sufficient evidence. That oh, I hate that rule. That but rule just dumb. not even in that game. I mean, oh, in every I game. think these rule changes are encouraging the referees to have more impact or more involvement in the game, whereas I think the rules should be dictating to the referees to have less yeah, exactly. influence on a game. Half of my just, point. Just Every game I'm... At let the players noise. play. Like, let the players decide it. As a fan, and I know, I, you know, I think I'd speak for most fans here, you don't mind your side getting beat as long as they don't get dudded. No, if they get dudded by I mean, a ref's call, you're filthy. I'm watching games, you know, I... I you know, teams I don't even support, but I'm frustrated at the end. Oh, 100%. And, and it's not. That, that's you know, the Titans are flying I, I just want to watch a game, and I just want to sit there and go, that, that was fair. Well, that was a good win. But yeah. I'm constantly getting to the end, and even if it has been a two-try win or a three-try win, I'm like, man, the ref torched them, or they did this, or they did that. Every week, mm. they well, we had the, doing the wrong the thing. The Titan Storm uh, game last weekend, which is me versus you, but we never really have much banner over that game because no. we understand that one's going to win and one's going to lose, and then probably next time the other's going to lose and the other's going to win. But... And I said to you last week that you got done it. You did get done. You got done it massively. Um, But then then again, this week, footy, as as what happens, it flips around and, you know, you get a call that... Well, sort of went your way, but you still had to score the try, and, and the Dragons yeah, had a I, chance I to defend it. I just want to watch a game and not go, that was a crap penalty, or that was a bad call. In particular, like, penalties are one thing, but decisions like the Proctor right. ball or the Dugan try, like, that, that result could have been completely different compared to the 80th minute play mm. just off a few things that happened earlier. Well, I listened to the uh, first 10 minutes of last <laughs> night's game on the way home from training uh, in the car and the amount of penalties at the start of that game. It was horrible. There was just penalty after penalty after penalty. You gave three to penalty. the Dragons and then Chechen pretty much went, oh, I'll square it back up now. You gave three quick ones that were rubbish to Melbourne. Mm. Yeah, yeah, it was... Uh, and there's play the balls with the hammers on the ball. There was holding down that should have been penalties that weren't given. Yeah, and that's but the problem when you the blow so many early. paired together... We're all rubbish penalties off play the balls that shouldn't have been. So that, that's my gripe. Right. Do you do you think? And I know, I'd be interested for people who are, um, interact with us on social media hit us up on this. But uh, one ref or two refs? One. I, well, I'm, I liked I'm, it was one. I'm really. I thought the, I know starting that, to go back to like look at the World Cup. The World Cup, the games flowed. It's four. Uh, you know, the games they, were decided. They call, they call against each other. Yeah, they argue and there's they go, some of them that he hears a penalty, mate, penalty, mate, and he won't give the penalty. No, they go, here's he'll your mark, I'll wait, you get the mark, or he's got the mark, yeah. and the quick tap rule's dead already. But I just think, I, 
you know, obviously there's 16 referees that take part in every round. I, I think we've got probably eight refs there that are okay. That's that are good. problem. The other eight aren't up to it. Nah, should be They're Shane Hayne, Perinara, these couple of blokes that you watch and you go, okay, I can trust them in a game. Yeah. There's other ones, like any time Ben Cummins is involved in a game, oh, mate. I'm just pulling my hair out. Matt yeah. Chechen, I'm not really that trustworthy of over either. There's a couple that Mr. I'm just Devsic, like, your best Christ. mate. Oh, Adam Devsic. Loves, yeah. loves a video replay. Uh-huh. He, I don't even know if he watches the game I have half the time. a try. I have a try. Five second <laughs> item. Yeah. I've, uh, my low light was the crowds. I'm really getting concerned about the crowds. You know what? I'm going the opposite way, and it's going to lead into my question, so I might save it. But I've got some interesting thoughts on crowds mm. um, and how we can fix them and all that sort of stuff. But we'll move on, and, and we'll get to that in the question. Well, what about your best? My best player, Jared Hayne. I thought he was tremendous. He saved a lot of tries. Uh, if he's not picked at fullback for New South Wales, we're kidding ourselves. Mm. I know Andrew Johns came out. I've got no idea why he always goes five eight. Put, pick him at five eight. He's never played, or he might have played one or two games at, at five eight. And he looked horrible. Why the hell would you put him at five eight? Yeah, so they can pick run him in his best position. Run exactly. He's not going to be able to make forty tackles. Mate, I'll tell you what, though. I will say one thing: if he's not at, if you if you want to put Dugan at fullback, which is more the way I'm leaning, because I don't rate our centers. I'd put him at center. I'd yeah, love to see fine. him at right center with Brett Morris again. They killed it in the World Cup together. Yeah. And I think... But isn't uh, Brett Morris? He's having a good start this season. But even Dugan, I know he had one or two blunders last night, but that run, that 60-meter run, he can just absolutely tear you apart. And he's all elbows and knees. He's so awkward. Well, the other one, I thought, Brett Stewart. I thought Hoppawato looked really good on the weekend again. He got that Would 18 runs out of dummy half. Pick him on a wing. Or you got Mansour. You got the sound. Oh, you couldn't pick Josh Morris. Well, no wanted, way you picked Josh Morris. I wanted Morris. Tafua last year, and he played awesome first game back on the weekend. So I look at Tafua and Hopawato on the other wing, probably in the, wing center. the center. They'll probably take Jennings again if they keep the halves, but I don't think he's been in that great a form either. So it's, uh, it's a bit of an up-and-down question. Jeez, George Tafua was impressive on he's his return, gun. wasn't he? He's an absolute weapon. He looks bigger. It looks like he's put a bit of weight on. He's still a weapon, though. Oh, he's a I weapon. I was really impressed with him. Daniel Tupo, uh, you know, daily threw his name up, and he had a cracker on the weekend as well. He made 280 metres. And the best thing I like right. about him is if, uh, and you're going to expect that Greg Inglis is going to play centre, you put him ball. on his side, and he can combat that high ball. Yeah, yeah. very much so. But uh, my best of the round, I couldn't split Trent Hodkinson. Just ice cold, that bloke. He killed and, my and, bet. And Absolutely killed one of my bets. And the other one... Uh, Jesse Bromwich. He was tremendous he, last night. He's got daily end points. I've had a look yesterday just to see. Oh, I don't know how he hasn't got more. I know he doesn't set up the tries or do the work, but you watch all six of Melbourne's games so far. Jesse Bromwich is by far and away mm. the heart and soul of every one of those wins. Any time we're on the back foot, any time they need a quick play the ball, every run he's got three or four blokes. He's got the old Petro turn going too now where he hits the line after footwork and turns around and walks himself back. The scary thing is he's probably going to get better yeah, well, like for the next probably the two or three thing. years. He's, he's only uh, 24. You know, I'd be shelling so. out some cabbage for him. I think he only just recently re-signed, didn't he? Yeah, so, mate, Which it, is great for Melbourne. To me right now, besides James Graham after what I've seen the first six weeks, they're the two best front rows in the comp right now. Absolutely. They're brilliant. Absolutely. What about your worst? Uh, the Cowboys. Uh, Don't start me. I said at the start of the year, there's a good reason I put them right to the edge of my eight. Because they did it to me last year. They do it to me every year. They hurt me big time. Um, The Sharks, obviously, I had the Cowboys slash Sharks, but the Sharks have just got injuries. Yeah. uh, They're really struggling. And I heard an interview with Peter Sharp over the weekend. He He doesn't want to be a head coach. He doesn't want to be the head coach. Yeah, it doesn't help. That's... You know, Not a great I know, attitude in that situation. Yeah, if your players are hearing that, they're thinking, well, why the hell am I turning up if you don't want to be here, you yeah. know? 
Uh, it was an interesting comment. I know that obviously Flanagan's going to take over if he ticks all the boxes with the NRL. There's a lot of stuff. The Asada stuff still hasn't even been finalised, but yeah. uh, the Sharks, they just look like they've got a hangover, don't they, from last year. It's taken its toll a little bit. Well, I think I think they're trying hard. I'm not knocking their effort, I mean, but they're I've just... Before they're I'll not up to it. Say it again every time they've made the eight and people say, why? Their forward's dominated. They've got mm. an international forward pack and they don't have all the pieces to it right now. Well, they've gone through six... Uh, and they don't have great depth, so... What? Six games, so they've, you know, they've got 18 to go. Mm. Um, they get Lewis and Gall- Gallon was hoping to play this week. He thinks he's a week or two away. Lewis is still probably not until round 10, so... 18 to go. They're going to have to win probably 12... Yeah, to get in. I don't see it happening. I don't think Carney's healthy either. That moves me on to mine. It was the Sharks and Carney. I know they're busted, but him in particular, I don't think uh, he's still 100% as far as the hamstring is concerned. I know he had a rip of the week before, but he's still not really running the pill. Uh, The hairdo didn't help. He brought some very unnecessary attention to himself. and I don't know. that They just kind of look beaten up, uninterested. There's a few small things to show him the effort, like Tagatizzi running down to Fua. He's a very quick human being. Yeah. Foot for feet. He made some errors, but he tried hard. He still made the most meters. Still got some offloads and busted some tackles, but they're, they're just really. Well, I mean, you're not going to have the uh, same impact playing in a losing team, are you? Like, nah. they're struggling. Wade, Wade Graham, I'll get you wrapped too. I think Wade Graham everywhere he's trying to backslide off, and yeah, he's very good by him to stay there and not take the easy option and, and you know bail out. So he, he's staying on board. Yep. But uh, question, uh, I've got two that are probably quicker than yours. So yep. I'll go first. The New South Wales hooker. Who do you put in? Farrah. Yeah, and then Farrah. if it's not Farrah, crikey. Don't you dare say Kurt Gidley. No, Because the amount of people I've seen today or footballers that are rating Kurt Gidley, I'm just absolutely dumbfounded. Oh, jeez, it's tough. Um, it'd have to be Nathan Peets, but I just don't know whether he's going to be able to play uh, the full 80. I think he plays the full 80 easily. He's got no backup hooker right now. Yeah, but Origin. Yeah, Still. Origin. Yeah, well, mate, at I the think, moment, uh, he's probably he's the man, isn't he, really? Very underrated. Um, you know who else? What other names out there? Throwing well, to me, out of everyone, they've, anyone that's been thrown up, can't be Michael Ennis. Well, He's well past that's it. That's my other one. It's him or Ennis. No, nah, it can't be Ennis. So it's got to be. It can't be Gidley. There's no way it could be. Could Gidley. you put Josh Reynolds there? No, nah, probably not. He can't. Well, they're, they're looking at him as a six, and he was a nine in the twenties. But yeah, the same deal again. He's been playing on an edge. Yeah, you can't ride out. He's not going to play eighty minutes. You'd have to waste two spots having two hookers then. Yeah, I'm looking at Pete's, and if I tell you what, in just generally, and I'm I'd pick Pete's anyway. Even if Farris fit, I'm going to pick Pete's and I play Pete's. I don't uh, care off, off pass raps or anything else. But the amount of talk about Kurt Gidley is ridiculous. He's barely got through he half the games Kirk. this year. He, he can't pick Kurt Gidley. He's been carried a couple of times. He barely does anything out of dummy half. He's not creative. I know he's been there before. He's been the captain. He's been the utility. Blah blah blah. He is not a hooker, and he is not in rep form. No. If he gets a jersey, that's rubbish. Yeah, I'd agree with that. It's, uh, the, probably the only other one was, is, is it time to bring in the synchronised uh, sirens, which the NRL is going to have to look at, like the AFL, where they've got the game clock on the TV, the ground, uh, you know, they, they're all synced together, so they don't have those kind of mistakes like we had last night. Yeah, obviously. We're a professional game. It should have happened years ago. Mm. And uh, they've said that they offered it to him a couple, 10 years or so back, and they said it cost too much, so they let it go. So. Oh, Christ. I mean, well, we've got enough money now, surely. Yeah. Well, they might um, too, so... Mate, smaller grounds or bigger grounds? I like the suburban grounds. I hate going to ANZ. We're members there. I only go for exactly what we talk about all the time, the big events. Yeah. Because the membership virtually pays for itself for Origins or that Juventus game that's coming up and grand final that usually covers the cost but as far as going to a stadium like that to watch a club game it's horrible it's dead uh i've got two differing thoughts on it for me i don't care i'll go if if there's a game i want to watch i don't care whether it's at leichhardt whether it's at penrith whether it's at anz whether it's 
you know, Ramonda Stadium. I'll go and watch it, right? But I think the the stadium structure that they're bringing in just it's going to cater for the people that go to the game. But there's no atmosphere at the game. So what what uh, you know? Why do people want to go to the game? They want an atmosphere. They want to be entertained. I think I think we're moving the wrong way in terms of our stadium structure. I think we need to move. Uh, to smaller grounds. So we'll stay at our smaller grounds. I think Canterbury need to go back to, to Belmore. We need to play more games at Leichhardt um, Oval. Uh, put those old sides back to their suburban grounds because what makes you want to go to a game? If someone said to you, oh, there's no tickets left, it's sold out, there's a part of you that goes, oh, man, that'd be it's going to be great. I want to go. On top of uh, that, But though, if it's, it's at ANZ, and even if they said to you, oh, there's 30,000 that are going to be at ANZ, would you want to go? No, but it's generally not a home ground. Mm. It's a big empty no, shell that a bunch of teams play at because the you know the cost are catered to. Yeah. When you go to Penrith or you go to Pertec or you go to Leichhardt or these kind of places, that is your home ground. That's your turf. So I just think, obviously, you get, you're still going to get people like you who go, no, I'm watching all three games at home in front of the t- telly. HD, why would I move? Got the beers and the, yeah. the Coke and whatever and, and the food. It's a lot cheaper. It's cost-effective. It's comfortable. You don't get wet. You don't have to park. You don't have to drive. You don't have to yeah. you know, do all that stuff. But I think, and you hear the people rave about Leichhardt Oval, and it is an experience going to Leichhardt, walking yeah. up. There's nostalgia. There's a history about the ground. There is no history about ANZ Stadium. No, it's There's nothing that it's, sort of makes rented, you want to go there. It's a rented dead shell. I love Penrith Stadium. I, I went on uh, Friday night, rushed home from training, went there, got absolutely hammered by the rain, but loved it. It was great. Yeah, um, it's, it's like anything you've said, though. Like When I played 20s, I got the privilege of playing a, a trial game at Brookvale, and same deal it's again. It's great, yeah. That compared to when we played a couple of games at ANZ, I couldn't care less. It, mm. just, it felt dead. Playing at an old-school ground like that as a player, not only going to watch a game afterwards, playing there it was tenfold better than anything I'd experienced. Yeah, I just think we need to dead shell of a stadium. wind it right back uh, and make it cheap, make it cheap for people to go, Pack them into these suburban grounds and create an atmosphere. Yeah. Uh, not play them in the, you know, like you said, the hollow shells that have just got no atmosphere at all. And it looks absolutely cups. ridiculous on TV. because yeah, it's just. It a, looks stupid. looks like a New South Wales Cup game, virtually. Yeah. Because every camera angle, they it's try and keep look it, for the game. They try and keep that field shot, especially to try and stop it from showing that people aren't there as well. And you know what? If they are going to let people into ANZ Stadium, it should just be. Apart from the members, I agree with the members having reserved best tickets. If you're if you're going to fork out and buy your membership, you should have the best bloody tickets. But outside of that, charge everyone ten dollars and let them sit wherever the hell they want, as yeah. long as they're not sitting in the member seats. Open so you know you don't have to sit behind the post or in the corner. And then when you you have the TV camera over the other side of the field, there's no one there mm. because everyone goes, "Well, I'm not paying fifty dollars yeah. to sit there, yeah. but we'd rather have the seat empty." Yeah. It's just a stupid, stupid philosophy on, on stadiums. I don't understand it at all. Yeah, well, a few of them have come out and said they don't care why they're at ANZ because they pay the bills, which I think is pretty sad. If you're a fan base listening to, I think Shane Richardson from South was one not long ago that said that's no overhead when they go there, so they're not really worried about the numbers. They're getting money in the bank, so yeah, it's, that's a pretty poor outlook. But Well, it's a, it's a poor outlook, but it's realistic for him as a CEO. Yeah. That's how that's they, and the NRL needs to, needs to change that philosophy or change the CEO's way of thinking and give them an incentive uh, to get big crowds there or to lower the, the price. Mm. But, well, yeah, interesting debate. I, I, I can't understand why we're going to this um, stadium structure. It's bigger stadiums. It's It just seems stupid to me. It's dumb and there's no home feeling, but uh, that's the Fast Five. We'll now jump into the games that have just gone by on the weekend and uh, review them. 
games from the weekend. We kicked off on Friday night with the Panthers at home against the Rabbitohs, and they went down 18-2 in torrential weather. And I, I think this one's pretty easy to sum up, really. The first half, they had all the ball, all the possession, all the pressure, and they come up with absolutely no points. Uh, and there was just a complete and utter lack of creative spark. Yeah, it was, uh, especially when they had the success the week before in the wet. I don't know why they didn't sort of persist with the same uh, structure. Obviously, South's defence was a lot more impressive and a lot harder to break than what Canberra's was, but uh, it was. It was frustrating to watch. Uh, but South Sydney, that was probably the best defensive effort from a team that I've seen all season, apart from probably Parramatta the following night against the Roosters, who just kept uh, repelling them. Well, I think they said five missed tackles was the least amount in a game for some time, so it was a massive effort. But yeah. uh, you Especially know, in the wet. I, I, I was absolutely buoyed, and I, I couldn't believe it. I sent it to you. When they finally ended up taking the two, that was white flag for me. They had all the penalties, all the possession. Yeah, got it to two all, but that almost said after all the pressure we've put on you and how tired we've tried to make you and all the extra tackles, we can't score. Yeah. And for me, if I was a South player right then, I'm just raging. I thought... Prior to that, the few times that they decided to take, I thought they earlier. should have taken the two. If they did it yeah. earlier. That's what I'm getting. Just bank the good. points. But if you sit there for ten minutes and cop that, and then you kick two against me, and I'm a South player, hundred percent, I'm absolutely raging. And coming out in the second half, that's exactly what they did. Uh, I thought they pretty much trampled over Penrith from the second half. You didn't see too much good from them. Uh, they, they got their couple of tries. Turner, who's slowly worked his way in as one of these edge players, uh, you know, now starting in the back row. Yeah. Played pretty well. Kirazomi Orvar, one that Maguire obviously picked up from Melbourne on the cheap, knowing a little bit about him. He scored as well and was fairly solid on debut. And, uh, you know, I, I, I just, I don't, I don't, I couldn't believe it, to be honest. I couldn't believe after all that possession, that two points when I was sitting here watching it, I really thought, okay, this is, this is, you know, this is going to hurt now. Absolutely, yeah. And then when South got some possession, they managed to score. And that's, that's basically the game. Yeah. That was the game. Uh, after that, Penrith, you're not going to be able to chase those points in the wet. Mm. Uh, and you know your whole philosophy changes. There was a little pa- a bit of panic, I thought that that crept into their game, and uh, they were gone in the wet. Yeah, the wet, well, yeah. probably my biggest issue is more the halves not running the ball, very side to side, lots of passing. To I be thought honest. they were like that the week before to a degree as well. They just got lucky. This week though, it, it reminded me of watching Brisbane last year when it was Wallace and Prince. They looked like Wallace and he hit yeah. the other night, and Jamie Sauer looked like he did last year when he was playing with Prince. Yeah, side to side, pass here, pass there, pass everywhere. We can't take the line on, neither of them was going to sacrifice themselves and, you know, go into the meat of it and try and break things up. So yeah. something's definitely got to change there. But uh, I couldn't really say too many players were too good for Penrith. Probably I thought Taylor, Elijah Taylor has always worked hard and probably Adam Docker. He had a couple of double efforts on people. He whacked a couple of blokes, got yeah. a couple of errors for him, but that's nothing new for those two. I didn't two. think they were helped by the Daily Telegraph on Friday, having uh, the six saying, you know, we're, going to, we're coming after South. So I didn't think they'd earned the right uh, to be on the on the back page as, you know, the pack. I think South Sydney, if anyone has, has earned the right to, to go into that game as as the pack or the dominant pack, I think Penrith mm. uh, didn't earn the right. And, you, you know, you got proved why because South in the middle were more dominant than Penrith. Yeah. Well, in particular, Sam Burgess, he was pretty epic again. He, he seems to have shrugged off all the, the crap in his game that he had the first few weeks and mm. he's gone back to doing what he needs to be doing. And he got flagged 
got whacked in the head yeah. with a flag. Well, some angry Penrith fan. At least he had some good humour and said he has a big melon. And <laughs> not surprised. It's not hard Smashed to miss. Smashed on so. his massive head. Yeah, besides that, Greg Inglis, he was pretty good. Again, a couple of tries, he was very dominant. And uh, all of our, the centre, I've really been... He was been, great, wasn't he? Really been worried about Reddy and all these other options they've had. And I, as a Melbourne fan, I was very disappointed that we let him go because I didn't think we'd have to pay him that much. But uh, he's not ours anymore. And I he was impressive. think uh, he'll be getting the jersey again this week. So Absolutely. Michael Maguire, good steal, you lucky bugger. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, the Friday night game. The Mob, they've won again. The Titans, 12-8 to eight over the Broncos. Sum it up yeah. simply. They were the worst side for the first 65 minutes. They, uh, Josh Hoffman should have scored. David Mead saved that try. Uh, David Mead then picks Follows up a kick, up. goes 100, scores, and then Aiden Caesar. I think Aiden Caesar put the kick in and Stole scored the, the try kick, yep. um, off Barber, and that was the game. Like Incredible that Brisbane, similar to Penrith, in that they had so much possession, they needed to score more points. If Hoffman scores, they win. Uh, it's probably a blowout, uh, but they don't score there. Mead goes the length. Uh, the Titans put the kick up, score again, and there's your game. It was it was a, it was a crazy game. I just yeah. I don't know how we keep winning. No, nah, but again, you want to sum it up. Tough, bad or not, it's tough, tough, gritty, and you earn those wins, and they've done it again. The the try save followed by a hundred meter effort, and then chasing the kick and stealing the ball. As dirty as it is, that's you know sometimes that's how you win footy games. And yeah. I still don't think it's going like, to get them through the whole season that way. That's for sure because it's a hard way to keep winning, but. Uh, you know, at the moment to be five and one—that's a hell of an effort. And mm. the Broncos uh, dropping off a little bit. You know, the first few games they toughed it out, and then that Roosters game we've seen it—they dropped off near the end. We now see it against your mob. The, the Parramatta game—they weren't exactly in control, but that last twenty, Parramatta kind of got away with it. So that, that's a bit of a, a bit of a worry at this point in time that they're staying in games, but the last twenty they're not seeming to be pushing on with it. That's one that got away. That one. And, uh, no, that's for sure. They had that kind of problem last year, but. Uh, for the Titans, I thought just about every one of your forwards had a cracker of a game again. They all chipped Luke in. Douglas did their part. really uh, impressing me this year. Well, I think Dave Taylor's been good. He's not he doing good. not doing a lot of dumb stuff. He's doing a lot of hard work for once, which is a big surprise. And, yeah. Uh, the halves and David Mead. David Mead to be brilliant at the back. And for the Broncos, the, the one shine a lot again, Benny Hunt. A couple of line breaks, tackle bus, got through at the end there, almost snagged it for him. We say this every week, but he just yeah. doesn't get any help. No, nah, but he's on his own. And I'll tell you Benny what, Barber's struggling. they're still not giving him any raps. No, I still not giving him any love, and I, I think he's been brilliant. And uh, Alex Glenn Parker, the same old customers in the forward pack, but yeah, mm. Ben Barber, horrible. Josh Hoffman, he's not a six. I think it's time to switch those two over. You know, what you're going to get from Hoffman from the back, plenty of energy, and he's safe as a bank. Do and, you think putting Barber to six will get him more involved, spark him up a little? Well, At pretty, least it's either going to be Ross. He's, he's only been it? touching the ball to be passing. I don't know. That's probably a sign of a lack of confidence. But he's pretty much been doing the ball playing role. So why is he playing fullback? Yeah, Hoffman looks horrible in that role. Looks so uncomfortable. You know what he does well. Bring Runs. the ball back. So yeah. put him at the back, let him start their sets off for him. Exactly. So, um, you know, oh, well, I forgot to put that one before. The Panthers, they play the Titans this week while we're on the Titans game. So that should be a good game there. Easter Monday. Souths, they're going to be playing the Dogs at home, which is ANZ. So it's both the home grounds. And the Broncos, they got a tough test. They're going to head away to Newcastle. They've obviously got Mullen back and looked uh, much better last week with a bit of balance in their side and some ball-playing options. But We're moving on to them. Mm. Newcastle. Saturday. Uh, different side with Jared Mullen in. Yeah, well, they got the win, twenty-four to twelve, and uh, it was I ugly mean, first half. Like you said, Mullen and Boyd, uh, Clydesdale at a nine, giving a bit of help there. Like I said, I think he's more still again the long-term option over Gidley. That's for sure. Mm. Gidley's not they really need to buy a nine. Uh, Roberts, Tyne Roberts, good again. So just just more balance to their side, much more balance, much more stable. Leilua, I don't think there's probably a more damaging centre in the comp right now. The bloke's an absolute animal. 
both Scott would be, have to be close to the form back row after the first six rounds as well. So. Yeah, crazy to think that they're uh, struggling for wins, but just shows the effect that Mullen has on their side. As soon as I found out Mullen was in, I couldn't get enough money on the mm. Knights. I said that to you um, on Saturday, and you know it, it looked a little bit dicey just before half time, or you know first half it was it was a bit of an arm wrestle, but Newcastle just outclassed Canberra in the second half, and uh, a really impressive performance and. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see now, especially in this next six-week period, you know how Newcastle go because they're going to have to, you know, string some wins together in order to get into the eight. Uh, it's put them in an interesting position, and uh, yeah, I'm excited to see um, how they go now. They've got Mullen back in their side. There's no excuses for them. Well, besides Boyd, I don't see him being Origin affected. So depending on their schedule during that time, do you reckon Lou could play Origin? I don't like the bloke. But I know he's playing, you know, all right. I think he could play Origin. He's I, playing. I really okay. like him. I mean, who he's else played for City before? Yeah, and he's an option that a lot of them. Could he play on the wing? He played on the wing in that grand final in twenty ten for the Roosters. So he has he got enough on. speed now? You think to play on the wing? Yeah, he's got enough okay. speed. He's yep. Powerful enough. Similar kind of player to that Tafua, Tafua kind of mould or that Mansour mould. They break tackles. They do a lot of dummy half work. They're pretty good coming out of trouble. Yardage is where you and need they can score maybe. tries as well. But yeah, he's definitely an option. But I, I don't even know why you put him in a wing. If it was him or Josh Morris, I'd take uh, Leilu at this moment. If you're going on four. Yeah. If they want to, depends on try. where you play, Jenny. Uh, where you play, Hayne as well. Yeah, well, there's a lot of ifs and buts, but I think that he probably isn't a more damaging centre right now in the comp, especially uh, considering he hasn't had his key half there. No, he's been and doing he's still been plenty on his own. Well, yeah. But uh, Canberra, it's just pretty straightforward. It's Milford or bust. They've got no creativity and no. chuck the ball at the back to him. Forwards aren't, aren't too bad, but I've got a couple of simple suggestions here. Why are you wasting McCrone on the bench when Jack White clearly is uncomfortable at 5'8"? He can't kick. Uh, he looks uncomfortable in the ball plane. Put McCrone back there. Bill Tupo is absolutely rubbish, so flick him out. Mm-hmm. Push, uh, you know, Jackie White back into the centres there and put somebody else on the wing. Yep, and I, I think, agree with that. You know, I, don't, I don't know how McCrone's been shafted in this whole situation. I think McCrone's been one of the more consistent players through all these tough times down there, and he was good in the halves. Yeah, and he offers absolutely. a kicking game. And, you know, White... White was fine in the centres, so I don't know why he ever got the flick. Him and Croker sounds more appealing to me than uh, poor old Matty Orwood, who, you know, don't get me wrong, he's been very solid defensively, but he's not offering much in attack. No, I'd agree with that. And Whiten's a bigger body and hits just as hard in the centres. So put him there, get rid of Bill Tupo. If you want to put Orwood on a wing, feel free. If not, there's uh, young Jeremy Hawkins, who's another great 20s product. They're both safer options than Bill Tupo. We've watched bomb two tries over the past couple of weeks. So yep. Ricky Stewart, wake up to yourself, champ. <laughs> But, um, you know, they're going to play Melbourne this week at home. Things don't get any easier for them. Mm. Uh, big raps just quickly to Jared Croker. I think he's been outstanding on his own as well. And we've got Newcastle at home to the Broncos. Flip a coin for that one. I'm, I'm, you know, I know the Broncos, game, Broncos yeah. have been on a bit of a slide, but I, 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 think I, I can't Newcastle, really get on Newcastle just after one win. I know no, they have got good, devastating but... form at home. They smashed uh, the Sharks there. Uh, I think there's, there's going to be a little bit of that, you know, Alex McKinnon at home. A bit of let's play for Alex when they're there. Mm. Uh, they've got Mullen back, and they're both in really interesting predicament now because Brisbane started off the season so promisingly, and yeah, Newcastle uh, were kind of finding a bit of spark. Yeah, it'd be a really good game. I think I couldn't get enough money on Newcastle. Mm. Well, the other Saturday fixture, the Eels we spoke about before, fourteen to twelve over the Sydney Roosters, a massive upset, and. I don't know. I don't know if this set the tone, but I got a bad feeling in the first minute where Cordner went through and bombed that try by running away from his support. And from then on out, it just seemed that they had a million try scoring opportunities and they just couldn't get the job done. Parramatta, as usual, ultimately gritty. 
Uh, they got him on the right edge a couple of times there with Sia, and then obviously they got him on the left with Radrara. So, you know, they're continuing their brilliant form of being able to get the, the ball out through the back line there with their classy centres to their good wingers. Um, you know, there's not many weak spots, and they're, they're best 17 right now. No, no, and that's we keep saying that every week. It's only when they get injuries they're going to be tested. But at the moment, mm. their spine looks really good. Their forward pack is strong. Brilliant centres, though, classy uh, centres. Mate, centres uh, are really polishing off their sets well, the outside backs as you said, and what's more impressive is the work that the outside backs are doing in yardage yeah, well, coming hop, out of their own end. on the weekend reminded me of why I loved him when he first came into grade. He had 19 scoots for about 170 metres. And, and that, that just helps your forwards out he, massively. He used to be the best when he first came in. That was the one thing that I, I really enjoyed watching on the weekend, but uh, Hayne denied Sonny Bill twice. Uh, like I said, the Roosters' attack, I thought they had a million opportunities to close that out, but it's just not there right now. Maloney's not confident. I think that's pretty obvious. He's struggling. They're not getting enough done on the edges. Sonny Bill, I couldn't believe those two tries stops by Hayne. That was freakish. Uh, I, I could have probably given one of those tries, to be honest. I know the video ref didn't. I wouldn't have been disappointed if it was given, but at the same time, uh, watching it a few times again, I, I was happy for that one to go either way. Mm. But the Eels, just bravo. Um, and the other thing's just the pack hunting's a pack. It's very impressive. I hope long-term it doesn't turn into, as we see at some joints, when people get rep jerseys or a bit of money, things kind of change a little bit, but... Right now, having such a fresh and unknown pack, they are a group. Mm. They are a group. No doubt. They are uh, very impressive. You know, the Roosters have plenty of chances to win. They're just not executing at the moment. And, uh, you know, it's frustrating. And, uh, you know, obviously, Roosters fans would be filthy. But I I remember still ringing in my ear, Nick Tedeschi said uh, in our preview that, you know, they won so many close games last year. Mm. And that stat usually or traditionally flips flips. And you're seeing that. Yeah, well, they've still got the third-best defensive record. That's the other thing. So, really, that probably tells you that the, the attack's got to come eventually. Yeah. they got too many weapons in their side not to put points on somebody at some point in time. But uh, the Eels this week, they're at home to the Tigers. I, I was looking forward to that one with Farrow and Tedesco. It's kind of put a bit of sour, but I'm very much certain that the Tigers are still going to bring a lot of grunt with their forward pack. Oh, so right, yeah. It should be a good game. And the Roosters, I've said this every week as well, but this is a must-win. They've got the Sharks away. Should be one to play themselves back in a form that you know they're still lacking some players and they're not really the most confident sides right now. So this has to be a bash up as far as I'm concerned. Absolutely, they have to really give it to them and uh, get themselves back on track. But uh, moving on from the Tigers, who we just spoke about, they were playing Parramatta next week. They had a great win as well, sixteen to four over the Cowboys. And the Cowboys were well, just ordinary, sloppy, disjointed. Uh, you know, complete lack of cohesion. Thurston the week before kind of sat back and everyone else chipped in. Uh, it didn't really work on the weekend. Anything they tried looked like it was very difficult. He struggled. Louis struggled. Morgan struggled. They got nothing out of nine. Every time the ball went out to the edges, there was a stupid error. Mm-hmm. They just I, That's probably my biggest issue. They can't calm down. They don't look like... When they get into the red zone, we said this the first few weeks, every time they get in the red zone, every time they get a sniff, it's, it's got to happen, that play. Yeah. They, don't, they don't look like they could force a dropout or they're not thinking that way at all. Well, that's the issue. They're they not forcing pressure. They're not doing anything of that regard. It's simply the moment there's any kind of opportunity, even in, in their own half, with an offload or a kind of half break. But I think they just go uh, nuts. I think he's he's plonked Thurston on an edge again. Yeah, it's he needs to just let Thurston play both sides, let the halves roam. Well, I think part of the idea of that was, you know, purely he was so much headhunted and he was doing so much work, and Louis's not a bad half. and Morgan's obviously a half as well, so they should be helping him out a bit more. But if he floats to either side of the field in offense yeah, and you let Lewis do, uh, Louis do the other thing, uh, sorry, do exactly the same, you're not going to be able to spot them up because they're defending in different spots. Yeah. Well, it just seems, you know, I don't know why you just stick him on the left and sides are just going to attack him all day 
he's going to have to make 30 or 40 odd tackles. Well, I'm saying, I'll say one thing. I'm not giving any, taking anything away from the Tigers because I think they forced the oh, Cowboys great. into playing the way they did. They were tough. Their forwards have still been brilliant. Farrah's been loving getting out behind them. Unfortunately, ended up with a dislocated elbow. But, uh, you know, they laid the platform. The bench came on, did the same job again. Luke Brooks has done the one thing that Benji Marshall never would do, and that's play direct. And Blake Austin came in, and I think that was a great buy by them because he was solid as well. He was. He I can't all... see them winning without Robbie Farrah. No. Nah. Oh, really this this week, I think that's going to hurt a lot. Uh, well, for the next however long he's out. Lawani, Joel Lawani played a little bit last year and got a deal, and they've obviously got Manai Cherrington, who's a young bloke who likes to get out of dummy half, but they're both not Robbie Farrah, that's for certain. No. But uh, I still reckon they're going to give the Parramatta Eels a run for their money purely off their forward pack and how tough they've been playing. So yeah. it should be a good game. But, you know, they, they thoroughly deserve this win. I'm surprised it wasn't by a little bit more in the end. But the other thing that uh, really impressed me was Tim Simone at fullback. Okay. You know, once. Um, once Rowe was called in, I was a bit worried. He's not the biggest bloke. He went off injured. And when Simone went back there, I thought Simone was awesome. Yeah. And it really wouldn't surprise me this week. Um, I was trying to think who they could name in the centres. And Keith Lulea played the first few weeks. It was pretty solid. I'd be putting Simone at the back. Yep. Uh, if, if Rowe's out, even if Rowe is healthy, Tim Simone looked absolutely savage at the back there. And we all know how good of a ball runner he is with a bit of open space, I'd be leaving him back there this week. Absolutely. And uh, the nine situation, obviously, we're doing this before the teams have been named, so we're not too sure yet, but probably Joel Lawani would be looking at getting that jersey again, or if not, Manai Cherrington, so we'll have to wait and see. But a uh, big test this week against Parramatta away, and the Cowboys, well, it doesn't get any easier, and I don't think they're going to win this one either. They're away to the Seagulls at Brookvale. So, uh, you know, they're going to be staring down the barrel of a very rough, rough run again mm-hmm. after Origin, trying to get themselves in the finals, I think. Mm-hmm. No, Paul Green, mate. How do you feel taking this job? Yeah, I, I think they'll come good, but yeah, uh, just, they just need to settle down a It's a crook job. Bit. They're always like, oh, we've got the right coach now. We had a good preseason. Oh, this worked and that worked. They've done, the they've right done nothing for God knows how long since that grand final run. And then they lost that well, grand final every year. Look at the effect that um, Neil Henry's had on the Titans. Mm. And you know, I, I, could, I couldn't believe the way couldn't they snap up Neil Henry fast enough. Well, I couldn't believe the way they knifed Neil Henry, though. And after, it's mm. like, oh, well, it's disappointing, but, you know, we needed a change. It's like, well... I say it all the time, and I think a lot of people have been saying it recently. They blame the coaches a lot, but the players don't take much responsibility because yeah, well, nothing's changed. Nothing's changed. No. Uh, the other game Sunday, New Zealand Warriors. <sighs> you poor buggers. Oh, I could. I twenty-one to twenty. They went down to the dogs, and I had plenty of cash on the Warriors. I was very confident they'd win, uh, and they should have, but they just couldn't close it out. And it was that. The sideways Warriors football that cost them. They threw an intercept, I think it was about 13 minutes to go, that led to the Bulldogs scoring a try. They were up by eight at that stage, and uh, it looked as though they were going to score a try to ice the game. Instead, I think it was Hodkinson that picked it up, ran 70 or 80 metres, yep. got tackled. Did they shifted the right pass, edge. Calmed it down. Yeah, and then they scored and kicked the goal from the sideline, and then he comes down, kicks a penalty, and then kicks a field goal. So Brilliant that was player. incredible, but... The Warriors, man, that was a game that definitely got away. It was a game they should have won. Well, they controlled it all the way, but like you said, they just couldn't close the deal. Um, you know, the Dogs were very tough again. They've been a bit like the Titans in that regard. And besides that Melbourne win without Smith, they've been a lot of grinds, but they're getting the job done. Yeah. Uh, their forward pack's doing exactly what I said last week to you. That at the start, they had too many Chiefs, not enough Indians doing the work, but now they're just laying the platform. James yeah. Graham, like I said, should be the only one passing the ball or doing any kind of distribution because he does have that ability, but mm. they, they look like they've heeded that message and it looks like he's passed it on because they're not doing anything dumb anymore. They're just smashing through teams and uh, they're giving the halves plenty of space to play with. It might also be that uh, the forwards didn't have confidence in the halves 
and you know, obviously over the last well, few weeks, you've no, seen that's Hodgkinson not their job. They're, they're supposed to lay the platform for that. Yeah, artists, but I mean, naturally, right? if you're not posting points, uh, you know, you're going to start pushing passes in in different areas of the field, and that's sort of what you could see from the dogs. But at the moment, uh, well, they're really I'll really throw, playing solid. I'll throw it out there right now. I know a lot of people are calling for Reynolds to be in six, but if you're talking about an ice cold seven, I reckon if Hodgkinson wasn't finding himself in a city jersey or at least getting mentioned the way he's been playing, I couldn't put. A, a, Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Uh, Great kicking game, kicking goals. He's, he's been pretty solid. Yeah, I'm not saying he has to go straight in, but for all the talk about Reynolds, I don't think Hodkinson's got any raps. No, he hasn't. Hodkinson's been he's helping him out. Like, helping him out. I think he's probably been even more influential as far as he does all the kicking. He kicks the goals. He's kicked the field goal. Uh, he's you know he's set up just as many tries as Reynolds has. So yeah. I don't know. He's been left out in the cold, but he played City a couple of years ago. So I'd be surprised if he didn't find himself in that fixture again this year. But for the Warriors. They play the St. George Illawarra Dragons this week away, which is a bit of a bogey team for them. So they really need to win this. This is a must-win for them. It's probably a must-win for the Dragons after throwing the trot as well, just to find their feet a little bit. And the Dogs, it doesn't get any easier. They've had a couple of tough wins in a row, and now they're going to be facing South away, which is a home game anyway. It's at ANZ. So that should be a cracker of a game, especially, I was going to say, the Ford Packs. But Ben Teo and George Burgess have both taken early guilty pleas for a week, so I think this leans in favour of uh, the Bulldogs as far as the forwards battle is concerned now. Yeah, exactly. So uh, they, they should be feeling pretty confident about getting another two points this week. But the other Sunday fixture was the Manly Seagulls getting up over the Cronulla Sharks 24-4. I think you can sum this one up uh, pretty straightforward. It was all one-way traffic in the first half. Cronulla just weren't there. Tafua killed them instantly the first set to Matai, in particular that left side. Brett Stewart back was influential. The forwards rolled. Peter Hicku on the other side was really, really good with Jamie Lyon. I'm not surprised that the Wolfman's missed out. And if anyone thinks he's coming back anytime soon, I think he's sadly mistaken. Mm. And, um, you know, second half, very ordinary. I'd be very disappointed if I was Jeff Tuvey. It was a bit like the Melbourne game, but the difference was they didn't have a quality opposition against them, so it played absolutely no part in the end. They didn't concede no. a try until the 80th minute, and, and the second half in general was just dull. It was a difficult game to watch. Really difficult. Second half was horrible. Oh, uh, first half, obviously, yeah, they were, yeah, they were explosive and they got their pants pulled down last week by the Tigers because uh, the Tigers started so fast and uh, Manly flipped that this weekend and they uh, really blew the Sharks off the park. But you know who you're playing against, you know, it's you're not running a Group One, put it that way, because mm. the Sharkies just don't have the troops here at the moment. No. Well, like I said, for them, I thought Gordon tried hard and Graham, and Fafita made a couple of errors, but as usual, he's about the only one who looked like he had any punch. But yeah. Manly, you can name just about anyone. From all the back line were absolutely ridiculous. They were brilliant. Uh, Brent Lawrence, Watt Mao, Brett Stewart, Glenn Stewart. It was more of a, a bit of a training run for them. It looked like uh, 20s versus first grade in a bit of ball play. But, um, you know, this week, they got the Cowboys there at home. I'd, I'd like to think they're going to chalk another win up. I'd, I'd like to think that the Cowboys would turn up and play their best football so we get a bit of a game, but I'm just not seeing it at this point in time. I think they will. I think they will, but uh, whether they can knock Manly off is another story. Mm. Uh, you know, obviously, the week before the Tigers, there is a bit, little bit of a form line there. The Tigers played Manly and uh, hammered them, and 
uh, I think the Cowboys gave uh, a better account of themselves against the Tigers than what Manly did. So, mm. but obviously, uh, I think it's at the Central Coast this game. So, yeah, uh, you know, interesting neutral venue. Uh, yeah, I give them a shot, but you obviously wouldn't be. You're not going to tip them, are you? No, and the Cronulla Sharks are going to play the Roosters at home. I still don't think that bodes well, and I know that the Roosters have been pretty ordinary. But again. If you're going yeah, to they're in games, the Roosters. They're just not winning them. Yeah, but if you're going to tip on paper, I, I, I'm sick of saying it, but it, it's a matter of time. They have to explode this they weekend it's... again. This is another opportunity too to explode. Too much quality there. But, uh, yeah, the Sharkies are hurting a little bit, so I don't think that's going to go too well. But on the Monday night, this was a dead-set cracker of a game. The Melbourne Storm, 28-24 to over the St. George Illawarra Dragons. And, wow, what do you say? It was uh, pretty back and forth. The second half, for a bit there, Melbourne... Just drifted away. They were down 24 to 10. I thought it was all but done. And at the end there, all of a sudden, Cronk gets through, sets a try. And then Benny Roberts, who actually played pretty well last night, got through, set up a try himself. And then the 80th minute there, they get the ball back, 65 out. The ball's been kicked into touch 50 seconds. And the Hail Mary. The mm. kick doesn't come off. Uh, the ball goes back. Cecil Wonga throws a pass that cuts out about five St. George players. Tohu. I thought bombed it when he came back inside, but as a matter of fact, he drew two or three towards him before he gave the ball to Cronk. So I think really in the end, Wonga's pass. He was the one that set that try up, Harris. The oh, pass and Wonga's pass. Was so those two players were more crucial than the hands. They both iced that. He got Tohu that opportunity That's after he good. drew everyone across, and then Tohu sucked two or three more blokes in by cutting back in before he laid that off to Cronk. So mm. Hoffman made it difficult and almost bombed it, but uh, young Tom Apeo, what a great moment. The second Victorian-born player to play for Melbourne gets to ice a win. Mm. Um, you know, as we spoke about earlier, Tony Arch, I told Greber, and they've come out and said it was virtually simultaneous. They had to do a frame-by-frame, frame, so it shouldn't have been a play of the ball, but in real life you've got to respect, and they've said the exact same thing, that to make that decision to call it would have been near impossible. But uh, at the end of the day, we spoke earlier about the refs. So I thought there was a couple other calls that should have changed the result anyway, or the score would have been a little bit different. I thought that Kevin Proctor passed when he hit the hole and went and scored the try wasn't forward. Uh, that the Dugan one that was given a try when he was offside there and that contest was ruled to be, you know, not an issue. I think they ruled, though, that I think Billy Slater knocked it forward onto Wanga and then that was an offside, you know, an accidental offside, so they've ruled play on. But at the same time, if the pressure's not there for the contest, he's dropped the ball. Isn't that the whole point of that rule? Not being exactly. able to be inside the 10. Exactly, so. yeah. It was a interesting one. I, I think... I don't like that rule as is. I mean, if he's offside, he's offside. Yeah, and there was a few dodgy... I don't see why... Whether he gets within the ten or not has been a factor in the in the point that he was offside anyway. No, and there was a few bad forward pass calls, like I said, and there was one that was out the back by Cronk that Slater didn't touch, and somehow they picked up. I thought that in the man the game there was a few bad forward pass calls that were flat yeah. when you're moving, and I you know I just I just don't know how they mess those ones up. The flat ones, you're better off just letting them go. Yeah, if you let all of them go, no one's complaining. But if you pull one of the you know one of a, a handful. Yeah, yeah, they messed, they messed a couple up. Yeah, and it was like I said, it wasn't just last night's game. There was a couple of games this week, and there were some pretty bad ones. But yeah, uh, for Melbourne, Cameron Smith, I thought was brilliant. He was he was super busy. Cronk came into his own the second half. Chambers got the double, but Jesse Bromwich for me at the end of the day, uh, all the groundwork, all the runs. He had the most carries in the field, most meters, just ridiculous. The bloke's an absolute weapon. And for St George, I have similar feelings for Trent Merrin every single week. Trent Merrin is he's just, in career best form. Oh, he's both impossible. Bromwich and. Uh, and Marin. Impossible to put on the floor. But their backs were great. I thought Beal and Morris and Nightingale, they all chipped in with something positive. Uh, you know, Farrell obviously went down with the peck. Dugan had a couple of errors, but some of his runs were brilliant. And the one bloke I think he doesn't get any raps or hasn't got any yet is Mark Cooper, the pom off the bench. 
He, he goes hard. Yeah. And he doesn't whinge. He, he, you know, he's not on TV getting his head out in there at all. He's just doing the dirty work. He, yep. He's a good boy. He's been a real good boy. But yeah, solid addition. Mm, they're at home this week uh, against the Warriors, uh, the, the Dragons. So this is a must win. After three losses, you'd have to think just to get some confidence and try and start rolling again. And it's mm. the same for the Warriors. So hopefully we get two desperate teams in a great game of football. The Dragons have got the wood on the Warriors too. Mm. So that doesn't bode well for New Zealand and yeah. Andrew McFadden. But... We'll see what presides. In Melbourne, they've got a bit of a bogey team of their own in Canberra. They don't always have the best of luck there, but they're away down there at G- uh, Stadium. Will Chambers will be missing, and that's Jared Croker's edge, and he's been playing pretty well. So I'll be interested to see who they plug that hole with. That'll be uh, mm. pretty important in that fixture. So we'll have to wait and see what happens there. But uh, that wraps up the reviews of the games from the weekend. We'll now move on to our representative from Sporting Bet, Andrew Brown, to uh, play our Lions game. And we welcome back Andrew Brown from SportingBet.com. How are you doing, champion? Yeah, doing very well. Thanks, um, boys. Another tough weekend for punters. Um, hopefully that uh, result on Monday night helped a few people get some money back. Mm. Well, yeah, I think there would have been a, a lot of all-up multis into Melbourne, but whether they actually got to the final leg or not is a different story. <laughs> um, yeah, that's, that's the truth. The Warriors burnt me. The Warriors burnt you. Well, yeah. i got to win on... Uh, the dogs into Manly, and then I rolled it into the Dragons' twenties, who were being red hot, and uh, they had a Barry Crocker. They lost their first game, so you know Dean Young, uh, Ben Hornby, you both made a bit of coin. Maybe you should uh, send back my losses. No, get your team together. <laughs> something for the punters. No, absolutely brilliant. Well, we're four-two in the Lions game. Brock finally got one back after he'd been trampled for a few weeks in a row. So lost four in a row, and now I'm gonna I'm gonna streak myself. In a streak yourself. Yeah. Well, we'll kick things off. It's Friday night at ANZ Stadium. It's the Bunnies versus the Dogs. What do you got? I've got South minus two and a half. Well, I've got the minus two and a half, so that's a waste of a one. That's a split. That's a splitter. Uh, you're both pretty close, too. We've got South uh, minus one and a half point favourites there at a dollar eighty. The Bulldogs, $2.05. Doggies have won their last three. Souths with a couple of suspensions. I wouldn't be surprised, fellas, if, if, if betting you know gets a lot closer with this game um, as, as we get uh, towards the game. So $1.80 and $2.05 at the moment. And who knows what can happen. Yeah, it seems, uh, seems value, doesn't it, the Dogs? Especially yeah, well, with the, no uh, George Burgess, no Ben Teo, and already a lack of depth after the last couple of years they've had. You'd have to think that the Bulldogs have got the upper hand as far as the forward stakes are concerned. And as uh, Des Hazard loves it, they're flying under the radar a little bit, the Dogs. Lying. Uh, they are. Ah. All right. That's his old favourite. Friday night again uh, at Hunter Stadium. It's the Newcastle Knights versus the Brisbane Broncos. What do you got? Knights minus two and a half. Well, so do I. So that's oh, another tops. split. Tops. <laughs> uh, and you're both pretty close again. We've got the Knights uh, minus three and a half point favourites at $1.66. Brisbane, well, they've lost their last two or three of the last four. They're $2.25. And uh, the Knights, of course, coming off that good win uh, over Canberra. Hmm. This one, I think, is a tough one to pick. They're obviously having a bit of bad form. The Broncos, a couple of losses in a row, and Newcastle seem to pick things back up with Mullen there to balance out the halves with uh, Boyd being able to float around a bit more, so it should be an interesting game. Mm, I like the Knights. I think mm. they'll win. Yeah, well, on Friday night again at Central Coast Stadium, the Manly take their game there to play the Cowboys, and what do you got? I've got the Seagulls minus 7.5. Well, I've got Manly minus 6.5. Right, well... We have our first point uh, going to uh, Brock, I yeah, believe. Uh, Manly, eight-point favourites. They're a dollar forty at Sporting Bet. The Cowboys, really not playing that well, are they? They're three dollar 
outsiders. I think this would be even bigger, this line, if it was at Brookvale Oval. 100%, oh. yeah. Yeah, they're not, not having a good time. I restrained myself at 7.5. I thought 8.5, but I restrained myself. Mm. Well, Saturday, Wynn Stadium, it's the St. George Illawarra Dragons versus the New Zealand Warriors, who are also not having a, a great time of things. A host of changes from the lineups that it's looked at before, so it's uh, it's a bit deadly. But, Brock, what do you think? Uh, I've got the Dragons as four-and-a-half-point favourites, but this was I found this one difficult. Yeah, well, I've got a minus three-and-a-half. Uh, another one for you, Brock. Uh, oh, we've yeah. got them as four-point favourites, the Dragons at $1.62, the Warriors $2.35. Um, I don't know if the Warriors have ever beaten the Dragons away from home. Um, no. and that was why I probably added a point on, just because of that hoodoo. Yeah, mm. and, of course, a few rounds ago, they won 31-12. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, well, there's a host of changes. Two new back rollers. He's dropped Hurrell. Uh, Tui Lola here, the young 18-year-old halfback, has been named the 18th man. So McFadden really shredded it the last two weeks. He's uh, chopping and changing through everything at the moment. He's got the rest of the year to play, I suppose. So uh, we're probably going to see a few new Warriors, I dare say, before the year is out. But Saturday night again, Ramonda Stadium. It's the Cronulla Sharks who are having an absolute Barry Crocker of a time versus the Sydney Roosters who aren't having too much of a good time themselves. But you'd have to think... This of all weeks, no players missing, everyone back, and Cronulla absolutely on the ropes. So the Roosters have to win this one, so I'm going the Roosters, minus 6.5. I've got a minus 7.5. Uh, that's a bang for Louis. The Roosters, 6.5 point favourites. We've got them at $1.45 at Sporting, but Cronulla there at $2.80, as you mentioned. Both sides kind of struggling. Um, Cronulla with the worst attack in the competition, and the Roosters, I don't think they've scored a point in the second half of their last two games. Mm. Still reeling. Third in defence, though, so I think uh, it's only a matter of time, the amount of class players before the attack clicks. But James Maloney, in particular, he's having a real hard uh, time of things, so hopefully this weekend he gets a bit of confidence back. But uh, a lone game on Sunday at GIO Stadium is the Canberra Raiders versus the Melbourne Storm, who got out of jail. Canberra, uh, you know, they get Joel Edwards back. Jared Kennedy drops out, but they're a bit flat at the moment themselves. It's all pretty much coming from Milford, or it's coming from nowhere. Uh, the Storm, though, you know, they haven't been great themselves, so I've gone the Storm minus three and a half. Uh, I've got a minus five and a half. You get another one back there, uh, Louis. They're three and a half point favourites, the Storm at $1.66. Uh, Canberra at $2.25. I was just looking at those stats before Melbourne. Um, they're conceding on average 24, 25 points a game. Yeah, well, it's unheard of in any year, really, that Melbourne concede more than 20 in a game, let alone more than two tries. They usually are. Uh, been top two for I think the last eight or so years as far as defence is concerned but uh, not real good signs early on they've got to adjust to these new ruck rules which they haven't and um, the attack as well the attack's been a bit up and down but it almost seems at the moment as though they want to want to challenge every time we've gone down in decent circumstances like the Melbourne game or last night they found a way back in so uh, I couldn't have enough money on them at three and a half mm, feeling pretty good about that one but uh, there's a double on Monday night this week we've got First one at Pertex Stadium. It's the Parramatta Eels versus the West Tigers. I think it's at ANZ. Tigers. ANZ. No, it's not. ANZ. You want to have 100 on it? Which one? The Parramatta <laughs> game? Yep. 100 on it. You kidding? Yeah, ANZ Stadium. I don't know about that. For all the fans out there, that's why I'm number one. Why you're number one. <laughs> you're losing still, champ. No, nah, uh, it's at ANZ Stadium. 100%. Well, you've got that. I say it's Pertex. I don't care. All right. What's your line? Uh, Eels minus three and a half. No, I've got the Eels minus two and a half. Right, we've got the Eels, six-and-a-half-point favourites. Wow, Pops. $1.45 they are at Sporting Bet. West Tigers at $2.80. Arguably the match of the round, this one. 
Mm. Or Farron going down. That at the start of the season. Oh yeah, big exactly time. Right. Yeah, I guess if Farron and Tedesco in, we probably would be. Yeah. Oh, that's. I think that's the big one. Farron would have blown that out a little bit, but uh, I really think the forward pack and the bench, the bench forwards, they're still going to put up a fight against Parramatta. So hopefully, uh, still a good game, and we wrap the round up at Sporting Bet Stadium on Monday night again with the Penrith Panthers versus the Gold Coast Titans and. Uh, Brock, you can't wear both the jerseys. You're only going to wear one this week. Uh, I think Penrith favourites two and a half points. Yeah, well, I've gone the same, so it's a split. Boo. You're both pretty close. So three and a half point favourites. The Panthers at dollar sixty six. Gold Coast two dollars twenty five. Who won? It's a draw. Draw two all. Two apiece. Nah. Filthy. Yeah, it's not good. This is a worse feeling than losing, to be honest. But I have to share some. Draw. I don't want to share. I either want to lose or I want to win. Uh. Oh, well, we'll have to see what happens next week, but I'm still 4-2 up, so, no. you know, that's better That's better than losing a point. I'm happy with that. Four and, four and a half, be two and a half now. Yeah, yeah. tops. <laughs> well, the promo last week was the four-leg multis, mate, and they're 25% extra on top. Uh, any new promo this week or still rolling with the same one? Back by popular demand, it's proven pretty popular this one, so we're doing it again, the 25% bonus on all four-leg or more NRL multis. Mm. Uh, so that's uh, available on any game uh, across round seven of the National Rugby League this weekend. Mm, well, brilliant. It's the Easter weekend, a couple of public holidays. I'm sure there'll be plenty of beers, chocolate and money thrown around. But as always, Andrew Brown from SportingBet.com. Sorry about the tongue tie there. There's no better bet than a sporting bet. Thanks a lot for joining us, champion. No worries at all, boys. Have a happy Easter and I'll uh, speak to you next week. No worries, champ. Have a good one. Now, it's time for your weekly dose of goss from Mr. Gossip. And he's back, Mr. Gossip. What's going on, champ? Oh, not much, boys. I guess if you're a Tigers fan, you'd be, uh, you'd be a bit concerned with your injury toll at the moment. Mm. They're yeah. still banking points, but I so. Well, this is true. This is true. They're still winning, so. Yeah, well, if you told me I could be four and two with Tedesco gone, Farrah gone, Sirenin gone, uh, you know, they didn't start the year, obviously, with Molson, and there was a couple other blokes that were part of their squad, I'd be pretty happy, that's for sure. Mm-hmm. Mick Potter must be smiling. Yeah, well, that's true, mate. And I'm going to give some the Tigers fans some good news. It hasn't been good on the field with all the injuries. But, look, Curtis Sirenin, boys, I'm hearing he's about to sign a long-term deal with the club. We're talking about four years, so that's good news for them. Big coin or...? No, not really. No, I'm okay, hearing it's sort of one point. I think it's one point four. I think over four years. So that's fair enough for a bloke that's been injured a fair bit. Two fifty. He's, he's been injured a lot for someone who's you know only just come into grade. So I, I don't blame him there. And a bit of loyalty. I uh, read the other day. He said he wants to keep playing with Tedesco and Nofaluma and all these blokes he come in with. So if well, uh, yeah. if they can all do each other a bit of a service in, in that regard, they might be able to have a bit of a manly set up there and uh, get a team together and hang out and together for a while. Mm, he hasn't really earned the right for big cabbage, I don't think yet. But nah, he's been injured. Has the potential? He's been injured plenty, old Sirenin. Mm. I think it was a good deal for both parties for that one. Yeah. Exactly right, yeah. Right. Mate, for a bit of gossip that's not signing news, but it's about the Broncos and Benny Barber. I'm hearing the Broncos are not happy with Benny. We've seen him on the field. He hasn't been playing all that great. In fact, I don't think he's had a line break for the last four or five games. Um, look, 
had some emails emailing me saying that they've spotted Benny Barber um, up at a nightclub in Brisbane, uh, heavily punting on the pony. So looks like the gambling uh, bug's got him back again, and they're not happy, Brisbane. So look out for that to sort of hit the newspapers in the next coming weeks. I was going to say, I was at the paceway, so it couldn't have been me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't punt on the ponies, only punt on sport, but uh, that'd, that'd be pretty disappointing from their perspective, I think. Probably the only upside is uh, the deal they picked him up on had to remain the same as on that at the dog, so at least they didn't have to, uh, I don't know, say fork out mega bucks overs, on yeah. uh, like Dallium kind of coin and everything else he probably would have got, but uh, he has been ordinary. The first few weeks he had you know a couple of tries, just nothing too much with the ball, but uh, I think the number one highlight, and a lot of good players and judges will tell you, he's passing first. He's not running first at the moment. That shows he's like a confidence. He's getting rid of it every time he touches it. So. Yeah, but he's not. He doesn't have the players around him like he did at the Bulldogs. So I don't know how much of the Bulldogs' form was him and how much of it was the players around him, but you're getting a pretty good indication of that at the moment. So Yeah, that, that, that's true. But I think this time last year, boys, I think all three of us said that if he was going to make anything of his career, he should leave the Bulldogs and go to a, a club like the Broncos that has a good culture. But Yeah, but it still doesn't fix the you know the U problems and the the U problems he has, you know, aren't going to really change unless he decides to change his ways. So that's right. Um, Attitude problems between the years. Yeah, exactly. Well, said it last week. Said it again. They can't uh, can't afford to let Canberra get under their guard and take Milford. They need to make sure Milford's landing up there next year. Mm. Yeah. Well, where are they going to? How are they going to fit them all together? Simple. How they said it last week. Hoffman, Hoffman would be disappearing. You'd be moving Barber into six and you'd be putting Milford at the back. Worst case, otherwise, keep Milford, put him at six, put Hoffman at the back and piss Barber off if, if things are going wrong. Know, if I'm a coach, man, and Barber's in the front line, I'm running at him all day long. Mm. Well, if he all keeps this long. stuff up, though, if this is true, you wouldn't keep him. you just get rid of him. Yeah. Well, how long is he, how long is he on contract there for? Two more years, wasn't it? Years. They yeah, picked up the deal. Yeah, yeah, I think you're right. That was part of the conditions. He wasn't allowed to sign for Megabucks, or there was nothing of that regard. They just had to pick the contract up. So, well, I mean, it's uh, this year, next year. It's rung true that you, you can't win the competition without a spine that's firing. So Brisbane, they're gonna they're in a bit of strife because their spines uh, well, a little the, disjointed. And McCulloch can hunt stuff, a player fine. They are. The you need aren't. the whole lot of them. Yeah, firing. So uh, it's a, a concern for them. That's for sure. Yeah. Well, on the back of me a couple of weeks ago saying that the Sharks are struggling to sign players, they've finally re-signed one, and that's Wade Graham, who signed for three more years. Bunnies aren't too happy, they thought they had him over the line, but look, I guess it's a good pick-up for the Sharks, Wade Graham, um, good player, but yeah, he's getting older now. Well, yeah, um, what do you do? Is that my age? Yeah. Getting well, old. Um, we've said it with, we've said it with <laughs> 24. Um, Come we've on. said it with Fafita. Um, how, old, how old is he, sorry? 24. Is that my age? 24. Well, there you go. Oh. I had him down as 26. But Jesus anyway, Christ. yeah, I've got wrong there. Why don't you hang a bloke? Getting old. <laughs> <laughs> he's, been he's been playing first grade forever, but yeah, 24. Yeah. He's prime. Uh, he's been good for him this year uh, in tough conditions and probably uh, says credit to his character for re-signing there when he could have probably taken the easy out for more money, I suppose. Yeah, he probably appears older than what he is because he's sort of been around for a long time and, and you still remember him with the days when he debuted the Panthers all those years ago, you know? Yeah, it was. It was a while ago. Yeah, um, good on Cronulla. They need uh, a few more, but they re to uh, yeah, Andrew Fafita. They need to get that Fafita deal done. Yeah. All right, boys. Thanks for 
boys. What are your, what are your thoughts on CSL, uh, the former Roosters centre? We're hearing rumours that he's coming back to Australia. His manager shopping around St Helens have done with him. Uh, would you take him? He used would to have, you say see you later? He used to have hands like feet, but he could hit like a truck. I remember that much. That was a while ago, but um, from what I've seen over there, he hasn't been too bad. But they've been mostly playing him as a centre. I don't, I don't think he'd cut it as a centre in the, the NRL. I think he'd be more uh, a bit of bench value or a back row. I reckon the longer you play over there, the worse you get. Well, Pat Richards so, says, says otherwise. He's been great, but he's a winger. He's a winger. So that's a different story. It's totally different. So, yeah, I, yeah. I how, how old is he? He's about 26, he's 27. He's not that bad. Mm. He, he was. He played for the you know the Kiwis while he was over. I don't think he's that bad of a player, but I don't know uh, you know what, what kind of club he fits in at. I suppose if uh, you were looking for a back row slash centre or a bit of depth maybe to start off with, but you know, from my memories of him being over here, we just mainly the hands. He used to make some bad errors, but he could hit. Mm. Yeah. All right, boys. Well, the bunny is as we, we as I just said, they've, they've missed out on Wade Graham, but they're very, very keen on Tarek Sims. Now, speak to the Cowboys; they'll say that Tarek will stay there. But the bunny is, I think, they're going to flash the wallet at them, boys. Could you see him fitting into the culture there? They're as bad as the Bulldogs. Pretty the much, they've got their eye there. Just chase everyone. I wouldn't imagine. Uh, I wouldn't imagine Tarek Sims would move from the Cowboys. Well, he wants, to, he wants to come over. Oh, with does his he really? baby? He had a baby girl with his daughter, uh, Mrs. Who wants to come back to family in Sydney. So, why is she living here? The Dragon, like we talked about before, the Dragons were supposedly in for him, but they've got seven million back rowers, so I don't really know how that works. But as far as uh, you know, Souths are concerned, Kyle Turner, McQueen, Picker, Low, these kind of guys. There's a few of them. Ta might be going back to Brisbane, so. If they wanted to show up their back row, I don't think that's a, a bad sign. And if you picked up a, a player of Tarek Sims, well, yeah, if he if they can get him, good signing. As long as he uh, stays injury free, he's obviously had some major injuries, but mm. he's uh, a really really dominant force, and he's coming into the primary's career. Uh, well, it looks like someone from the Warriors boys might listen to the podcast after we give him a serve last week and mention that why why hadn't they signed Simon Mannering? Well. Two days after the podcast, mate, they signed Simon Mannering to a four-year deal and also re-signed Lilliman. Um, but the big one, boys, Warriors are flashing apparently around a million dollars for um, for Peter Hiku. What do you think of that? Yeah, I've seen that, the old three-year deal. My only question there is, well, how many bloody fullbacks do you want? You've kept Kevin Locke, you've kept Fishiahi, you brought Tompkins over, you're told Lockie can't leave, you're told Fishiahi can't leave, and you let Hiku go and now you want to bring him back? Mm. How many fullbacks do you want? I like Hiku. Good player. I like Hiku too. Where's he fit? I think Manly. I think Manly going to have to keep him because they have to. Brett Stewart Brett can barely play full season. The bloke plays half a year. Well, Brett Stewart's gone. If Glenn Stewart's gone, that's what the uh, murmurs well, are. So even otherwise, though, mm. keep, keep Wolfman down. Give him a bit well, of who's coin. Your fullback if Brett Stewart's not there, it's Pete Hiku. Oh, it's Pete Hiku. And I, I think that's the one that the Bulldogs are in for. If anyone's going to sign him, or if I was going to be going anywhere, saying, but Brett Stewart and Glenn Stewart are going to go to the Bulldogs. Well, either way, he's a winner. With Uncle Uncle Desi. If I'm Hiku right now, they're my two <laughs> options. Why, why would you go back to a club that let you go after one year when they knew you were a good? player. They watched him play oh, 20s and sure. said this kid is good. Maybe and then he, he wants to go home, home bro. You know, he doesn't want to go home. <laughs> 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 yeah, it's, it's very dodgy, isn't it? To well, me, for him, it'd be man or the Bulldogs and yeah, it'd be looking at that Stewart situation. If the Stewarts are going to kick up a fuss and disappear, oh, I'd be staying at Manly. You know he's going to have the jersey. Otherwise, he'd be heading to the Bulldogs. That's easy shoeing over there. Parrot, Parrot's been solid, but uh, Hickory's a hell of a player. Foran and Cherry Evans, thanks for coming. I'd be staying yeah, still right. Still big pack, and you know you're going to have the one jersey every week if you go to the Dogs. So you'll be playing by a big side. Well, we know it's going to be one of the three. It's going to be the Dogs, Manly, or the Warriors. But yeah, I can't see him going to the Warriors. But then again, these boys, you know, flush 
bit of coin at them and they drop their pants. Stay away, Peter. <laughs> Stay in Australia. <laughs> drop their pants. Talk. <laughs> well, that's all I got, boys. No worries, mate. Well, the tips uh, this week, you jumped, you got two, mate. You got fiver. So you got two more back, which uh, brings you and Brock level on 23. Brock got uh, three. I got three, so I had another Barry Crocker, and I'm on 18. So. Brocky, you can feel me breathing down your neck, son. Oh, please. It's all right, I'm just... Oh, we, just we were just checking our uh, our online tipping comp, and I'm actually on 27 in that one, so I need to pull my pants up. I'm probably just giving a few away to you. Oh. I need to pants start... Pants down, pants up, yeah. what a podcast. This, <laughs> this is Division Division 2. There's a, lot, there's a lot of talk about pants right now. I'm getting a bit worried. We're, we're, we're getting out of our, our bracket here. We're starting to head in another direction, but... Yeah, I need to pull my socks up. <laughs> yeah, we'll head into uh, the games. There's a triple on Friday, kicking off at ANZ with the Bunnies versus the Doggies. Uh, Brock, who do you like? Dogs. Dogs. I think that has got a lot of uh, injury concerns at the moment, so... I'll go the dogs. Gossip, what do you think, Champ? No, I'm, I'm going to go the bunnies, uh, chocolate bunnies on Easter long weekends. Um, yeah, look, I, think I thought they were good against the Panthers um, in the conditions, and uh, the Bulldogs still aren't impressing me, boys. They're sort of on and off. Yes, they beat the Warriors, but hey, it's the Warriors. Mm. Well, no George, no Teo. Uh, you know, two extras on the bench. Oh, I'm definitely going against them. I'm going the dogs in this one. Mm. They can't afford to lose any firepower, especially George. George is a weapon. I love George. But uh, Friday, mate, he's brilliant. He's absolutely outstanding. Yeah, he's good. Friday again, Hunter Stadium. It's the Newcastle Knights versus the Brisbane Broncos. Uh, Newcastle bouncing back to form. The Broncos following the form of the Dragons, starting red hot and falling away. Brock, Knights, Knights are nice. Broncos, they're just not convincing me at all. Mm-hmm. Gossip, what do you think, champ? Yeah, no, I think the Knights at home, boys, that were pretty good last week, the Knights, um, beating the Raiders. Um, Mullen Bounty that really adds a spark to their side. Yeah, the Knights will get them quite comfortably at home. Mm. Well, I've gone the same way, uh, similar reasons. Obviously, the barber thing is probably the biggest concern, but uh, Newcastle played both sides of the fields. Both got top form. Joseph Leilua, outstanding, so we'll, we'll stick with them at home. Uh, Friday night again, Central Coast, man, they're taking their game up there versus the Cowboys. I'm just tipping the Eagles. I don't need to say anymore. Until the Cowboys actually do something, I can't follow them. Yeah. They've been horrible. I could see the Cowboys winning, but no, there's no way I'm going to tip them. So I'll tip the Eagles. Yeah, Cowboys and the Warriors, the two sides that you just can't tip for or against. Um, yeah, I can't tip the Cowboys either. I'm, I'm completely off them at the moment. Yeah, so the, we've all tipped the Eagles. That means the Cowboys will win. The two sides that ruin multis, <laughs> that's who they are. Both yeah. of them. Jesus Christ. If I could recoup any money I lost on multi dying, that's punting from the Warriors or the Cowboys. My God, that is punting. Yeah, well, that's it. That's mm. exactly right. Well, two games on Saturday. First one at Win Jubilee Stadium down there. It's the St George Illawarra Dragons versus the New Zealand Warriors. Uh, are we going to get a repeat result of round two, bro? Oh no. Oh yeah, yeah. I backed the Warriors last week and they burned me. Um, I'll take the tip the Dragons. They've got a massive hoodoo over uh, the Warriors. I not sure what the stats are. I think it's something like 16 of the last 20 or something like that since they've ended the competition yeah. as a joint venture. So, uh, And they towel them up over in New Zealand. Uh, the Warriors, they just they, they should have won last week, but they, I don't think they, they can yeah. travel. They've and, made a host of changes again, so I'm a bit worried yeah, about it. Yeah, Conrad Harrell out. Like, what's he thinking? Um, He's off his head. He played, yeah. I didn't think he was that bad again. Uh, I thought he was pretty good. Why does he keep so, being the scapegoat? I don't know. I'm Every tipping week. the Dragons in the short. Yeah, well, I'm going the Dragons as well. Uh, Gossip, what do you think? Yeah. Dragons, mate, for sure. He doesn't tip the Warriors. Yeah, Dragons, mate, oh. for sure. <laughs> I've got anywhere near the Warriors. 
Oh, well, Saturday, uh, Ramondas, Cronulla versus the Roosters. In short, I do it every week, but I'm going to do it again. The Roosters. Yeah, Roosters. No, I'm still waiting for it, but oh, it, it has to happen. They'll win this. Uh, they're, they're losing close games, so it's eventually going to turn. And uh, it's only early in the season, and they're putting themselves in positions to win games. They just haven't been good enough, but they're only going to get better. And once they do get better, they're going to start winning them. So they'll win. Yeah, that's it. They're, they're competitive at the moment, and, and Cronulla stink. Or Sunday, standalone game on Easter Sunday down at GIO Stadium. It's the Canberra Raiders versus the Melbourne Storm. What's the uh, guy there? What? Only one game on Easter, Easter Sunday. Sunday. Probably because the Friday and the Monday are public holidays, so they're loading up, giving you a bit extra. I like that. I'm happy to sit down on Friday and Monday and watch those on the public holidays. That's yeah, good being. Yeah. Uh, okay, yeah. yeah, that's right. And uh, Canberra. Didn't have a great week last week. Um, I'm still sticking to what I said earlier. McCrone needs to go back to the halves. White needs to go to the centres. Bill Tupo can disappear and Matt Allwood on a wing. Uh, Bill Tupo, isn't he a coach killer? Mm. Jesus Christ. Ricky Stewart, what are you doing? How'd you give him another run after he bombed that try the other week? You goose. I could say some things, but I'm not going to. Melbourne will win. Mm. Well, I've gone the Storm, so... Yeah, they'll win. Yeah, I'm as well, boys. A bit boring, yeah. These are all been pretty straightforward. Oh, but, uh, we're moving to another one. I'm pretty sure we know this one. Gossip, you can be the third wheel here. We, we said this earlier. The Parramatta Eels versus the Tigers. Do you know what this game is? It's a Pertex Stadium, isn't it? I believe so, yeah. yeah. As far as I know. Well, where, where are you coming from, Brock? Brock reckons it's ANZ. I'll have I'll have a thousand dollars right now that it's at ANZ Stadium. You need to you need to look this up. We need to know. Thousand dollars right now, ANZ Stadium. Don't be a smart I've got Pertex. I'm serious. Is that Pertex? Just because you and him are as stupid as each other doesn't mean that it's a Pertex stadium. Well, Can you imagine that at ANZ Stadium? It's going to look terrible. Yeah, I was going to say, what are you smoking? What does it say, buddy? We've got it up on the computer. What? ANZ Stadium. ANZ stadium. There you go. Since when is it at ANZ? Thanks for coming. Why is it at ANZ? Can you explain that oh, to me? Oh, now you're starting to ask questions why. Yeah, what? Uh, why? Because uh, they play two games a year or three games a year at ANZ Stadium. That's Paramount. dumb. That is very dumb. Mate, don't shoot the messenger, battle, buddy. Battle of the West, two teams that are doing well, and don't you don't put them in person. the messenger because the Easter show's there, I suppose. That's, That's still retarded. Reason. Yeah, so what? If you're at the Easter show, I'm going to go on the Monday. rides. Oh, I'm not going to watch Parramatta. They've got a big crowd there. They're going to try and draw them into the yeah, well, into good, the stadium. Good luck with that. Should have left it at Parramatta and let all the Westies get into it. But uh, yeah. back to, well, you know, you know what they should have done. They should have played the the Bulldogs um, and Rabbitohs game, and this one is a double header if they're going to have two at Yeah, I was just about to say that. I agree. Um, and they would have got a massive crowd. Yeah, well, they're not that smart. Yeah. They could have used the East today. Four Sydney teams. That's right. Oh, well. you know, or maybe on Good Friday or even Easter Monday. Move the Titans game to the Good Friday. Back to what we're supposed to be doing. Eels. Uh, no Farrah, no Tedesco. Yeah. Easter show, good beans. Eels yeah. win. Eels win. They're on, a, they're on a roll. They're hot. They've got confidence. They'll win. They've got no injuries. Tigers have got injuries. Even though they're playing good, I think the Eels will win. Gossip? You've got to pick the Eels. They're playing well. No Tedesco, of course. No Farris and nine one around. So, yeah. Oh, I'm, not, I'm not exactly <laughs> sure what Parramatta's record is at ANZ Stadium, but it's not good mm. in short. So. Oh, well, I haven't been good for 10 years. Yeah, true. Oh, he's throwing knives around. Yeah, tops. Oh, brilliant. All right. Uh, well, the final game, another Monday game at Sporting Bet Stadium. It's uh, the Penrith Panthers versus the Titans, the table-topping Titans. Yeah, I'll tip the Rock. Panthers because uh, every time I tip against them, they win. So I'll be happy either way. <laughs> I don't think I've tipped them all uh-huh. year. Maybe I've tipped them. Oh, I tipped them to beat Canberra. 
and the Sharks, I think. I tipped them to start with. But... Gossip, um, what have you got, champ? Well, mate, every time I've picked the Titans this year, they've won a game. I've picked them the last three weeks, but I'm not on them this week. I think the Panthers will do them. Mm. It's gone with the pennies. Yeah. I'd... The Titans won at uh, Sporting Bet last year. So, uh, but traditionally in years prior to that, they've struggled there. So, it'll be interesting. Well, purely on the two opposing styles of football, in particular, trying to complete sets, and Penrith have obviously uh, made a big influence this year. Even though last week it didn't pay off for them to hold the pill and get plenty of possession in uh, the opposition half, I'm going to go with the Panthers, but not with much confidence. I hope we get a dry track for this one. I think it'll be a really entertaining game if it's a dry track, but. The weather's, the weather's pretty good at Penrith at the moment. The halves need to run the football. Too mm. much sideways crap. It looks like Prince and Wallace last year from the Broncos straight, last Penrith. week. Someone oh, needs yeah. to take, yeah, take the line I'm getting, I'm getting plenty of repeat sets and building a lot of pressure. I think the outside backs just stuffed us for the Panthers job. Mm. Donald Sauce dropped a few pills and so did... Um, What's what, what does Gus call him? D-W or D-E-L-W or whatever? D-Z-W. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, well, Idris against... Uh, his former club that'll be interesting yeah hopefully he runs a bit harder hopefully he runs a bit harder <laughs> he looked like the bloody ground was holding him up on uh, Friday night least he's, a, he's a big human man at least they're not bloody paying up. him as much as the Titans are I'll give him that much the Titans are probably paying half the contract that's how smart we are brilliant we'll pay, we'll pay you to play somewhere else Tom. well you've come out today and the Graham Annesley and saying he's got a squillion dollars so they've got money to spend oh, Harrison's tops. gone Idris is gone so yeah we'll spend it wisely yeah, we'll see what happens. We'll give it all to some. Why you guys going for Hiku? They should buy Hiku. We've got William Zimmerman, mate. Yeah. Best fullback in the club. He's, like, he's, he's as good as Stuart. He plays half a year every year. He gets a problem. Yeah. He's got a five-year deal, though. You know, longevity. Longevity. I'll never yeah. forget Matty Johns knifed him on the Matty Johns. <laughs> he said, five-year deal, William Zimmerman. Bloody hell. <laughs> you know, you know, he must be good under the table. Oh, I've got to give him oh, a five-year deal. Five-year deal. That, that's epic. Oh, oh, well, all right. That caps us uh, off for another week. We've only got one tip that can uh, change this week. It's the Bunnies and the Dogs game. So Someone's going to be outright leader anyway. We, we, we've gone a little bit boring, but hey, we'll have to wait and see what happens. Gossip's on the Bunnies. We're on the Dogs. Uh, so, yeah, there will well, be. Well, maybe it's telling now. everyone something that we're starting to get a bit of a form line through the competition. Yeah. Yeah, thanks. Well, I've said it before and I'll say it again. I'm not going to go off as early as last year because I'm a fair few behind, but uh, there will come a point where I'm going to start firing the gun. Mm-hmm. Beware the injured bunny, mate. I think they're the goods on Friday. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, no Tio, no Burgess, no no Georgie. You got to have George. Mm. Well, mate, we'll see what you've got next week. Hopefully, a bit more is cooking in the pipeline, and uh, hopefully, our tips are a little more interesting. But enjoy your Easter. <laughs> don't eat too much chocolate. Oh, well, mate. Uh, yeah, you too, boy. Thank you. Enjoy, right, mate. Have a good one. Right, see you, lads. Well, that wraps us up for another episode of the Fifth and Last NRL podcast. So if you want to get in contact with us on Twitter, our handle is at Fifth and Last. That's the letter N, not the word and. The email is Fifth and Last Podcast at hotmail.com. And on Facebook, head up to the search bar and type in Fifth and Last NRL podcast. As always, a big thank you, obviously, to Mr. Gossip for coming on and giving us the inside word. You can find him on Twitter and Facebook under NRL Gossip and uh, also to sportingbet.com for the free bets. They help give us away in giving us uh, Andrew Brown to come on every week to play our Lions game. So remember, there's no better bet than a sporting bet. Get on there this week for the four-leg multis. If you get one up on the NRL, you'll get a 25% pay uh, extra on top. So good times, nothing better than a bit of extra money. 
Uh, from me and Brock, uh, very happy Easter. Enjoy your weekend and enjoy your rugby league. Bring it on. Give us more. Give us more. Where are you going? Where, what, 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 what's going on here? Is that it? Is that it? Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. <laughs>